0: Shall we begin? Let's begin now. Hello and welcome to No Account for Taste, a podcast for accountants from accountweb.co.uk. I'm Richard Hattersley and I'm delighted to welcome you to episode 100 of this fine show. Later on in the program, I'll be joined by some old friends to reminisce over the big events and news from the past three years of this podcast. But first, let's take a look at the stories shaking the profession this week on Accounting Web. To do this, I'm joined by someone whose stories have provided plenty of discussion over the past 100 episodes. It is, of course, Accounting Web's tax editor, Rebecca Cave. Hello, Rebecca. Thank you for joining us.
1: Hi, Richard. Great to be here.
0: So we're going to look at the top stories of On Account Web of the past seven days. And number three was a piece written by Jason Croke, MTD for VAT, Accounting Software Codes. Uh, Rebecca, talk us through this piece then. Why is it important?
1: Well, this was a great piece by Jason because he really got down into the practicalities of things. Many many people across the country are finding um, VAT more complicated than it has been um, because of the Brexit effect. Um, well, what's uh, outside the scope um, of VAT? What's a reduced or a reverse charge service? You know, what's a reduced rate? Um, All these different rates and different treatments for VAT need to be coded into the uh, tax software or the VAT software, which is, of course, now compulsory um, for MTD. Um, And um, Jason has provided a really useful, quick table of the most used codes in uh, QuickBooks Zero and Sage, you know, the biggest tax software. Uh, uh, for coding in VAT transactions, and uh, many people were grateful for that, and I think he might be doing um, more articles along those lines as well. Uh, Jason is a great writer and uh, a great contributor to Accounting Web.
0: And we will be talking about MTD for VAT a little bit later on. I don't want to jump in ahead uh, too much, but I just want to flag a quote which Jason said in his conclusion. HMRC and cloud software p- suppliers promote how MTD will make everything simpler and more compliant. But that glosses over the fact that there is still a certain level of required knowledge in order to correctly code and account for sales and purchases in the accounting system.
1: Yeah, that was very understated, wasn't it? Um, one of the commentators on the article said that Jason was obviously a, a diplomat for saying <laughs> glosses over. Yeah, indeed. And indeed, Jason said that he did actually once work for the home office. Um, but, um, yeah, he glosses over is uh, uh, rather a euphemism, isn't it? completely ignores the fact that uh, clients and operators of this accounting software do actually need to understand what they're doing a bit um, or things will go completely pear-shaped in the accounting room.
0: Well, let's move on to the second most read story of the past seven days and one which we have spoke about on uh, the last podcast we recorded, uh, which is around the uh, national insurance health hike, the the new health and social care levy. Um, Rebecca, you wrote this recent story. It was about the health hike where further complications are emerging. Talk yes. through those complications.
1: Well the thing is about this uh, tax legislation it has been written in a hurry and passed in a great rush and tax legislation should really more be like fine wine. <laughs> it should be uh, created slowly and analyzed you know over a period of time before it is actually poured. Uh, this stuff was done in a terrible rush. Um, you know what we've got is a national insurance hike for one year to be replaced by uh, what Smith and Williamson are calling our new baby tax, uh, which has nothing to do with babies, but it's just a small little tax that is likely to grow, called the health and social care levy. So um, it's quite uncertain as to what reliefs that exist for national insurance are actually going to be carried over to the social and health care levy, which is effectively national insurance by another name. Um, But they didn't want to call it national insurance, of course. They wanted to invent a new tax uh, with different uh, legislation, uh, more complications for employers. Um, So that's really the problems with it. Um, We are aware that the employer reliefs that um, currently exist um, for various categories of employees, those underage to under 21, in parentheses, aged under 25 and ex-forces personnel, this this veterans relief, um, will apply to the National Assurance and will apply to the health and social care levy. But the employment allowance, um, you know, this £4,000 a year sort of credit that you can set against the employer's uh, class one uh, NIC, we don't know whether that will apply to the health and social care levy or not no idea. Um, And then when you get to Scotland, oh my goodness, (laughs) some of the marginal rates are really eye-watering. And I'm sure the Scottish Parliament is going to have something to say about this. But the Scottish Parliament has no control over the national insurance rates, which are um, applied um, across the United Kingdom, as the health and social care levy will be as well. And this is one of the reasons why they did not up the rate of income tax which would have been much easier and would have applied to a wider base and they probably wouldn't have had to put it up by 1.25 percent it probably would have only been had to go up by say one percent um because the Scottish Parliament controls the income tax rates that are applied to employment income um profits from trades but not, strangely, uh, income tax on dividends and interest and not capital gains tax rates. Um, So you've got different rates and thresholds in Scotland which don't marry up with the national insurance thresholds in the rest of the UK. Um, So what you've got is a mess, really, (laughs) which is what I showed in the table.
0: (laughs) There we go. um, To... uh, uh, I like that as a simple uh, summary of, of what's happened. It's a mess. It <laughs> says it all. Uh, let's move on to our most read story of the past seven days. And this was the news that the gap between the amount of VAT paid and the VAT expected to be paid has increased by 2.3 billion during the first year of MTD for VAT, which, Rebecca, as you pointed out in this article, undermines a key justification for the MTD program. This is news of the tax gap results, which we released over the past uh, week. Pretty, uh, Pretty shocking stuff, hey?
1: Yeah, well, not that shocking. I think we did expect that you know this this fib that HMRC was telling us that uh, MTD was going to reduce the tax gap, reducing the number of errors that ordinary taxpayers make when they submit their tax uh, their VAT figures. It was always going to be rubbish, and we knew that. And now their own statistics have proved this. Although, cannily they didn't actually give us the fine detail of um, what VAT has been lost due to error, mistake, carelessness, or what VAT has been lost um, for other behaviours of the taxpayers. They like to call them like criminal activity. Um, so we have a, a headline figure of 2.3 billion. Um, and the COT kindly pointed out Um, You know, the connection with um, MTD, which, of course, started for most taxpayers, most VAT registered taxpayers from April 2019. And this VAT, this uh, tax gap report covers the period from 1st of April 2019 to the 31st of March 2020. So exactly the first year of MTD. Uh, Of course, some uh, traders, uh, some larger traders uh, were deferred until October 2019 and some public sector bodies um, still aren't in, I believe. And of course, people, uh, traders who are under the VAT registration threshold aren't in MTD either, uh, even if they are VAT registered. So the entire population of VAT registered traders was not in MTD for that full year, However, there should have been um, some sort of effect um, on the amount of tax um, that HMRC think is lost due to error or mistake. And, um, in fact, uh, ICEW have done some analysis on this as well, and uh, they looked at the amounts of tax lost in the different types of taxes, you know, VAT or income tax, uh and etc and uh the amount of vat lost um was higher than in proportion to the other type of taxes lost so the increase in the cap tax gap this year which had been decreasing for the last 5 years seems to be just about all down to vat mm. surprise surprise
0: You mentioned the CIT there, Rebecca, and there was a comment which was included in the piece from John Barnett, the chair of the CIT's Technical Policy and Oversight Committee. He said, whilst we recognise that we are in the early days of MTD and the published tax gap data doesn't allow a granular analysis, we are surprised to see such a significant increase in these elements of the tax gap. MTD is supposed to reduce the tax loss from these behaviors and bring in line and bring in hundreds of millions of pounds of additional revenue so far there is no clear sign that this is happening and he added these figures back up what this is, what cit have heard from our members that mtd is unlikely to reduce the amount of taxpayer error and may even in some situations be increasing it
1: Yes, and I think the comments underneath that article back that up, you know, 100%, uh, because people have been commenting in their droves to say, we told you so, <laughs> or oh, then so many words. But certainly the COT um, have hit the nail on the head. Um, and I, you know, I believe the, uh, the, the word surprised was doing a lot of heavy lifting in his comment there. Um, because we're not really surprised. Uh, accountants uh, who work you know, at the coalface, so to speak, um, know that if you force um, clients to use software they're not familiar with, and it's going to take them quite some time to get used to it, they will make mistakes. And, you know, if you've got a piece of software, you make a mistake once, Um, the software can learn that mistake and do it again and again. So people are reclaiming VAT on expenses which don't carry VAT, you know, such as interest or um, their own wages, Uh, you know, ridiculous things like that, maybe legal fees. Um, So, yeah, the mistakes are bigger. They're more difficult to spot. Um, If people are just using the software without an accountant reviewing the figures before they're sent to HMRC, mistakes are going to be enormous. But there you go. That's what HMRC wanted.
0: Well, that brings us to the end of the most read stories of the week. um, As mentioned at the the top of the show, Rebecca, is, of course, episode 100. And we're looking back over the past three years. Uh, Before we let you go, the past three years have thrown up plenty of of tax complications. It's been, it's it's weird throwing around, it's been an unprecedented time. Um, What's been some of the the biggest tax challenges which you've seen thrown up over the past three years?
1: Well, for the pandemic period, certainly dealing with the uh, different schemes, the SEISS, you know, for uh, self-employed and the coronavirus job retention scheme, Both of those, the conditions were changed almost daily. That was quite a challenge, wasn't it, during the Mm -hmm. pandemic? But Before that, you know, MTD has been with us uh, since, uh, well, 2016, when they first had the consultation period. Um, So that will be continuing to give the accountancy profession a good deal of pain um, and suffering. Um, until we ever get used to it Um, I mean I think it isn't going to go away Um, but yeah it's uh, going to be a lot more teething before it settles down that's for sure
0: and Um, listening back to the the first episode of this podcast it was just after the the budget which was delivered at that time by Chancellor Philip Hammond so it's been a lot of change
1: Yes, lots how many chancellors have we got through since then?
0: Uh. Yeah there we go. We've <laughs> We've had Philip Hammond, uh, poor Sajid Javid didn't actually deliver his budget and then oh, he
1: did, did, he? Yeah. Uh,
0: Rishi Sunak made up for it by doing about four or five mini budgets <laughs> during the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> So, well,
1: yes, we're awaiting the next budget, aren't we? There's always something to look forward to in tax, and that will be the next budget on is it the 27th of October. At least they've given us a date well in advance. So uh, that's nice. Uh, um,
0: be- before we let you go, Rebecca, what's your feeling about the budget? Do you reckon it's going to be a um, uh, one with plenty of rabbits pulled out of the hat, or is it going to be uh, a business-as-usual one?
1: No, I think there are going to be some rabbits, actually, and I think there are going to be sort of changing bases. I think um, uh, Sunak is going to be trying to change the rules, um, you know, the the fiscal rules that he um, abides by um, to fit what he can do, really. And in view of the fact that we've already had this national insurance increase, which was a total surprise um, and, of course, came you why know, well, I just took a few days holiday. Uh, so I think there are going to be more surprises. Um, it, it seems that the Conservative government is supremely confident at the moment that it can just push anything through. I mean, the increasing national insurance broke an election promise uh, and also not increasing the state pensions by the rate of wage inflation has also broken. Um, an election promise. So basically, they don't care what other promises they're going to break. So anything could happen, really.
0: Well, there we go. That's a nice preview for the next coming weeks and months. On on no account for taste. Uh, but Rebecca, thank you for joining us today to reflect back on some of the big stories of the past week, and also some of the big stories over the past three years. Um, the next voice you will hear will be mine, and I will be joined by a couple of familiar voices. Uh, on the uh, Noah Kind for of Taste podcast. So thank you, Rebecca, and I'll speak to everyone shortly. And welcome back. I'm delighted to welcome back to the program the two people who were there right at the start of Noah Kind for of Taste, all the way back in episode one. We are joined by the former editor of Accounting Web, Tom Herbert. Uh, welcome back, Tom. Uh,
2: thank you, Dickie. Delighted to be back.
0: And we're also joined by the former business editor at Web, Francois Badenhorst. Hello, Fran. Hi, the the prodigal son returneth. Indeed. So all the way back in episode one, 23rd of November 2017, we recorded this little podcast. Um, and it was on the the day following or one of the days following the budget where Philip Hammond delivered the budget then. Good old spreadsheet, Phil. Mm-hmm. All the way back then. And we've had several chancellors since. But we started the, the actual podcast. The first question, I was listening back to it today. Tom, you, you were looking over your emails and you found one from Giles, Giles Murphy over at Smith & Williamson who questioned the budget itself. And uh he questioned if the if the budget presentation was the best way in launching the government's fiscal policy. Has, has your, your anyone's minds changed since uh episode one? Is is the budget still as it should be? Is it's kind of changed since that <laughs> since that in in a sense that there's probably a little bit more leaks these days.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I think um Rishi Sunak tends to enjoy sort of um uh, policy announcements on tiktok via the medium of interpretive dance these days so uh, yeah. yeah it's 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 it has changed a lot
3: yeah he is the he is the cool chancellor isn't he like um I, the i like the he's got um you know i read this article previously about um how he's got a very carefully curated media profile and they they even have like a sort of like a color palette for him uh so yeah. yeah, he's a he's a, he's a, he's, a, he's a quite a far cry from uh, the more demure uh, Philip Philip uh, Spreadsheet Phil.
2: Although he, he did uh, Spreadsheet Phil did enjoy uh, a sort of dad joke or two at the ballot box, didn't he? And yeah. um, if I remember correctly, your budget 2017, he was um, talking about reducing the VAT threshold, and they'd, they'd flown this policy kite. Um, for a couple of weeks before it and he gave it the big build up in the budget speech he said now we've been looking at uh, reducing the VAT threshold and we are not going to do it and yeah it was <laughs> just an audible sigh of relief from everyone I think but uh, yeah. yeah
0: I think at that one he threw in some Jeremy Clarkson Top Gear jokes as well I think he was trying to brush off that spreadsheet feel gimmick which, uh, which the moniker which he was given um,
3: yeah But even by then, like the kind of Top Gear references were out of date. Like, so it was, yeah, it wasn't exactly current.
0: As you said, Fran, it's not like uh, old, old dear Rishi, who has the signature on his, uh, his Twitter cards, like as a perfume ad. Oh, yeah. This is beautiful. (laughs) Um, Well, that was way back in the budget. Back then, in, in twenty seventeen, Fran, you unfortunately left us in episode forty seven, a show where we talked about the first MTD for VAT submission, mm. which uh, it feels like something. Uh, MTD is not something which really has gone away since; it's just something which has lived with us throughout the whole run of the podcast.
3: Yeah, it's like it's kind of become the the, the sort of cosmic background radiation of uh, accountancy. Uh, it's a uh, because I, I remember when I first joined the Canning Web, and this was like twenty fifteen. I want to say, uh, it's, I feel like it's just been bubbling away in the back, uh, you know, from the, from the very start, and it just seemingly never went away, even after I uh, didn't quite make it to the half century. So um, it'd be interesting to
0: see when it finally kind of crawls out of its burrow. <laughs> yeah, and and brilliantly, you once described. Uh, MTD Fran as as a snow leopard when we didn't have much regulations at that point.
3: Yeah, is it is it? I mean, w- would we still classify it as a snow leopard? Has it has it maybe changed changed genus? Is it more like a uh is it is it a a more
0: frequently spotted animal? Would you say? I think that would be fair to to say. I I'm I probably don't know enough about animals to to say which animal it would be. Like a uh, like um, like an elk. Maybe like a moose? Yes, it's it's probably one which is not in captivity at the moment, which is likely to be caught relatively soon, probably. Okay.
2: Um, I can see see making mooses digital catching on with uh, our Canadian brethren anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Richard, if you use that, you have to uh, credit me. I I remember a piece we did about the Australian taxation, uh, digital taxation, which was dubbed making tax didgeridoo which um, <laughs> went down really well. Yeah. Tom, you left the, the show not uh, several episodes later. Episode 55 was when you you departed our shores. And um, it was that episode when we was focused um, on self-assessment and we were saying why it isn't so bad. It's kind of funny that the, the messaging from that was pretty much the, the same messaging that, um continues to this day i think we um it was just before the pandemic hit and everything was just and and pause was hit on the profession
2: yeah it was a funny one really yeah boris johnson had just won a a landslide election victory i mean yeah not 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 much has happened since then right i mean he got his (laughs) brexit stuff through and uh, (laughs) pretty calm yeah yeah yeah, crazy but um yeah i um Yeah, I don't think the uh, the workload of the profession has got um, has got any easier. Um, but yeah, it's um, no. I mean, I'm 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 delighted. It, the pod's made it through to a hundred and has has gone from strength to strength. Dickie. I I think I did start off hosting it um, as I say in episode one, but I I think I handed handed over hosting duties to you. Um, Richard fairly quickly because uh, well I mean you were just better at it and I uh, actually <laughs> then started really enjoying just making snarky comments from the sidelines as a uh, as a guest instead so uh, yeah How
3: oh, uh, how are you celebrating the uh, the hundred knock there uh, Rich what's 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 happening
0: well we're all in the the virtual pod booth um, reminiscing about uh, all, all the episodes of, of Path and I'm it, it is just me actually just re-listening to every podcast back uh, in one long binge.
3: Yeah, fireside, fireside podcast listening, uh,
0: just, just uh, listening to all the hits. All the hits indeed and there's been many hits over the years and and Tom, you brought us up to that point there about the, the pandemic which was just incredibly um, intense period for the profession and it, it then brought on some of our biggest listening numbers for the podcast just because people were so desperate to get the latest news. And I think also importantly, it gave people a chance just to lean on on each other's shoulders and kind of um, sit around the campfire and listen to war stories from other accountants uh, about the the challenges that they've gone through. I I think there's something kind of cathartic there in listening to other people going through the same issues and knowing it's not just you, you're not alone. And I, I think having accountants come on the podcast did kind of help in that respect but it was just a uh, a really intense period and, and over that point we learned terms which we didn't even knew existed way back in episode one we had philo cgrs uh, seiss all of these things just became part of everyday language on the podcast but i don't know uh, fran looking on from the sidelines what did you make of just that intense period and, and just how that has kind of reshaped uh, the profession
3: yeah it was a funny little a funny old period wasn't it um someone actually made the point and i and i actually really agreed with them they were telling me about how the first lockdown the very first one um was a little bit easier than the subsequent ones because it was much more like everything was shut. You know, the building sites were shut. Everything was kind of, it was much more kind of universal and everyone was kind of, I hate this phrase, but in it together, so to speak. Um, but the second second one and third one, especially, it started to become more hybridized and some people were not in the same boat. Other people were in the, like, going out already and sort of going back to the offices and stuff like yeah. that. So it, it kind of became this. Uh, a much more, I guess, alienating um, experience, and that is, I suppose, where an online community like Accounting Web would be so 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 valuable, especially for people that work alone, you know, sole practitioners, and so on. Um, I can't really speak with much authority as to the the technical component. Obviously, there's sibils and you know, loans and all kinds of things like that, bounce back loans and all this stuff, but. Um yeah, I mean, just from like a human perspective, I can imagine it was probably extremely intense. There was probably a lot of panicked business owners uh, uh, virtually knocking on people's doors, asking them for advice and uh, guidance. Uh,
0: so yeah, probably very, very tough, I would say. And Tom, I said a moment ago that uh, it felt as if someone just hit pause on the profession during that period. but. In, in many respects that that is the case we are kind of picking up those conversations which we were having two uh, two years ago right now because of just the the impact that the the pandemic has had and how it has kind of reshaped the profession whether that is um just the, the way people work how people work the the kind of tech people use and also just the, the consideration on uh their own well-being as well
2: i i, I for one am particularly looking forward to picking up the uh, compliance is dead for accountants uh, conversation <laughs> you know i know how much um a lot of people really enjoy talking about how advisory is gonna replace compliance
3: yeah i mean you're 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 right uh, uh dicky it's like it's interesting how we seem to be happy having the same conversations you know it's uh you know it's like it just it, there's nothing new under the sun in many respects as much as you know as much as things kind of change and there's upheavals um, just seem to be sort of yeah just returning to a familiar debate uh, hopefully uh, it can now that things are returning to normal we can sort of advance things a little bit further and actually get to a point where we can I don't know just for the sake of our sanity
0: talk about something new and interesting uh, yeah. Well, on the podcast we did feature other stories other than just the uh, those big headlines. We did have Fran, one of my favorite pieces from you, which was the Weewick story on uh, band meat. Oh yeah, uh, which uh, isn't always an old favorite of mine.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. WeWork, uh, who, if anyone was has been keeping an eye on uh, the situation, has just gone from strength to strength. Um, <laughs> uh, Adam Newman, who is the well, the erstwhile uh, very uh, neurotic uh, CEO of WeWork, has now been ousted. Um, But one of my favorite stories about Newman was that he uh, famously fired a room full of employees uh, and then brought out, I think it was Run DMC, uh, to play, uh, basically sing them out. uh, And he brought out shots uh, to make people feel better. So if you can imagine uh, getting fired and then suddenly Run DMC is there. uh, Yeah, it, it happened at WeWork.
2: It's it's like sort of David Brent for the twenty twenties, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it's it's David Brent with a big budget. Uh, If David (laughs) Brent actually had millions and millions of dollars, he could yeah, you would do this. Yeah, you're exactly right, Tom.
0: And Tom, uh, a story of yours which uh, really strikes me as being one for the uh, for the memory book is around a poor German pug.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that was. <clears throat> a story I had a lot of fun uh researching where the German tax authorities um confiscated a couple's prize pug um for non-payment of taxes. And um yeah, I, I'm not even gonna to attempt to pronounce what the uh the German dog tax is, but yeah, I mean <clears throat> I vaguely remember um in the up to the eighties, um we used to uh, in, in in the UK, sorry, there, there there was a sort of dog um license that you had to get but uh it was just uneconomical to um uh and uh police it basically mm-hmm. i think so it was, it was sort of phased out but uh in germany from from the reading i did it seemed to be doing extremely well but yeah this this, <laughs> this dog was taken away from this couple who hadn't paid their dog license and then sold on ebay by the <laughs> um <laughs> the, the council so uh yeah and then um yeah it was it was it was a sad story because i think the dog had a lot of health problems and um had a lot of vet bills to um to rack up so uh, yeah it was a um yeah it was it was a sad old story quite a quite a rough tale as it were
0: <laughs> oh dear well as we wrap things up on episode 100 let's look ahead to 100 episodes time episode 200 all the way in the future Fran, what do you think we're going to be talking about in episode two hundred? Be as crazy as you want, or be as realistic as you want. What do you think is going to be the big headline topic then?
3: Well, um, it it would depend whether the uh, Amazon drone uh, allows us to uh, maybe go out after curfew, uh, and we will be discussing um, the the new uh, cryptocurrency uh, designed by like. Elon Musk or something like that, probably. I can only see these things going slightly madder and madder and weirder and weirder, so,
0: yeah. You heard it here, face Tom. Episode 200, do you think we're going to be still talking about MTD? Yeah,
2: most probably. I'd imagine it'll be the sort of, um, uh, like, John Stockdike will have um, uploaded himself to the internet and, uh, you know, we will just be sort of having multiple conversations Um with himself so yeah it'll just be uh yeah it'll be a wild and crazy time i'd imagine
0: yeah stock cloud well there we go again you heard it here first on on the podcast well thank you very much fran thank you very much tom for returning to the virtual pod booth where all started uh all the way back in november 2017 so thank you very much and thank you everyone as well who has listened all the way from Episode one. Uh, But we will be back again, episode 101 uh, in a fortnight's time. So join us then. But until next time, I've been Richard Hattersley. Bye for now.